You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Carcassonne is more than just a board game and is also one of the most well-known medieval fortified towns in Europe. This is episode 20 for January 20th, 2018. I'm Chris Webster and welcome to the ARC 365 Podcast, 2018 edition. ARC 365 is a podcast today, every day, in 2018. This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to arcpodnet.com slash members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to arcpodnet.com slash members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process. That's arcpodnet.com slash members. This episode was written by Gerard Panditeri. And Carcassonne is spelled C-A-R-C-A-S-S-O-N-N-E. I'm assuming it's Carcassonne. It might be Carcassonne. Well, I'm going to say Carcassonne, so you just have to deal with it. The town of Carcassonne is located in the odd department in the region of Aquitaine in southern France. Humans have lived here since at least the Neolithic, with evidence of trade since at least the 6th century BCE. Carcassonne is ideally situated for trade as it sits on the Aussie Plain, which lies between the Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea. In the 3rd century BCE, it was a Gaulish settlement, but in 118 BCE, the Romans built a colony there and began fortifications by at least 118 BCE. By 333 CE, the Roman settlement was most likely heavily fortified, with the colony being described as a castellum or fortified place. The original fortification was made up of between 34 and 40 towers spaced 18 to 30 meters apart, connected by what are called curtain walls. Each tower was semicircular and around 14 meters tall. The fortification was officially ceded to the Visigoth king Theodoric II in 462. It is theorized that he commissioned the predecessor to the Basilica of St. Nazarene, which stands in the southwest of the citadel. During the time in which the Visigoths held Carcassonne, it appears that they rebuilt the Gallo-Roman walls. The town next changed hands when the Saracens from Barcelona took it in 725 CE. However, this occupation did not last as Pepin the Short, king of the Franks, chased out the Saracens sometime in 759 or 760 CE. Sometime after 1226 CE, the second line of fortifications was added outside the Roman wall. This new ring of fortifications was around three kilometers long. As a result of the Cathar heresy and the Albigensian Crusades, Carcassonne was eventually ceded to the Kingdom of France in 1247. From this time, it was a strong point on the border between France and the Kingdom of Aragon. At some time after this, the inner Roman walls were demolished and replaced. The outer walls were also fortified and extended to the south. Most of the towers built during this phase were round, save for two, which were square. This phase of construction continued into the reign of King Philip IV in the early 14th century. After the signing of the Treaty of the Pyrenees in 1659, the province of Roussillon was annexed into the Kingdom of France, and this caused the French border to move away from Carcassonne. The fortifications were abandoned, and the town instead became an economic center concentrating on textile. In 1849, the French government wanted to demolish the fortifications as they had fallen into such a state of disrepair. This declaration was opposed by the local people, particularly the mayor, Jean-Pierre Cross-Merivelle, and the archaeologist and historian Prosper Merimi. By 1853, they succeeded in a legal campaign that led to Carcassonne being preserved as a historical monument. The renowned French archaeologist Eugène Vallée-le-Duc, who had led projects to restore other well-known buildings such as Notre Dame Cathedral, 
was called in to oversee the work. However, his work was not without problems. As with most of his projects, he aimed for a, quote, condition of completeness, unquote, which would show his restored project in one style. In the case of Carcassonne, it meant styles and methods that were inappropriate to the climate and traditions of the locale. For example, he gave all of the towers a tall, conical roof, which is much more a feature of northern France rather than the south. After his death in 1879, his pupil, Paul Bozewald, continued the work, and it was completed by the end of the 19th century. In 1997, Carcassonne was inscribed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it is a fantastic example of a medieval fortified town and due the influence its restoration work had on the development of conservation principles and practice. Today, it is possible to visit the town and see the fortifications. For more information on this unique and wonderful place, please see the show notes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to ARC 365. If you want to hear more ARC 365, check out www.arcpodnet.com slash ARC 365 for the 2017 and 2018 episodes. Check out arcpodnet.com slash ARC 365 G30 for the last 30 episodes. Please subscribe and rate on your service of choice. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, among others. Support the APN at arcpodnet.com slash members. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being awesome. This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.